0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Westbridge Church podcast. To learn more about Westbridge Church, including our service times, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com. This week's message comes from Pastor John McDougall, and we hope it encourages you to take your next step in your faith journey.
1: Father, um, as a unified body, we are awed at your majesty. Lord, we, we are grateful for a, another morning to praise your name. We marvel at just how big of a God you are, and we praise you because in your holiness, you are just, you are patient, you are wise. And as your people who so often choose temporary joy instead of eternal joy, we so often choose our own way instead of hearing and listening to your voice. We marvel at your passion, your patience, and your compassion towards us. Your very heart is merciful and gracious. It is slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Your kindness is even seen this morning in in the snow and giving us breath and life. And so we praise you as your people here in Danville. And Lord, you have heard our prayers, you have heard our songs, our conversations, you know our hearts. And so we, we want to be obedient to your word and cast our cares on you this morning. We want to ask of you even more than we have already asked. And it's not because that you've been stingy towards us. It's not because we are lacking. It is because we want the world to know and to see just how kind, how trustworthy, how reliable you are. And so, Lord, we pray for the members of this church who are in special need at this time. We ask that you would show yourself to be their provider, to be their comfort. Father, we think of the Riggs family. We think of uh, Brittany who lost her brother recently. We ask that you would be her comfort, to be their comfort. Father, we we, uh, pray for the Russell family and, and even for Mitch and Lydia this morning, Lord, that you would continue to be a God who sustains and comforts them in this time. We know that there are many who are sick, and we ask that you would show your kindness and compassion to them. We ask for health, for strength, but even more than that, we ask for faith and trust in you. Lord, we praise you for the progress of, of Danny Mendez. We thank you uh, for, for Larry Myers, for sustaining them uh, and bringing them through um, sickness. And uh, Lord, we're grateful for a church family that has come alongside of them. Uh, so many people have cared for them. And Father, we pray for our basketball league. We ask that the ones who do not know you, who are coming every Thursday, every Saturday, Lord, we ask that you would save. We ask that you would uh, rescue, that they might come to know you thank you for a place to host such an impactful ministry. Lord, we ask that there would be lasting fruit that comes from that. Thank you for the coaches, for their willingness to serve, and uh, midway through this season, we just ask for endurance. We pray for our missionaries that have been sent out from this church, but especially this morning, we think of Gary and Marty Crawford. We ask that you would give them endurance uh, especially for Gary as he reco- recovers from knee surgery. We pray for their effectiveness, that, that many would hear the good news of Jesus as they learn a new area and, and minister uh, to, to just a heavy Muslim Muslim population. Lord, you tell us in your word that we should pray for those in authority over us. And so we pray for our new president, Joe Biden, for Vice President Harris. We pray that you would give them wisdom. We pray that you would save them to cause them to walk in a manner worthy of you. And Lord, we are thankful for a government in this nation under which we enjoy so much freedom. Or just like Wes reminded us, uh, we we have persecuted brothers and sisters who who, uh, to do this this morning, they are risking their lives. And so we thank you for that freedom. We know it's a gift. We know that you do not owe us that. Lord, thank you that ultimately our citizenship is in heaven. And from it, we await our King, King Jesus. And Father, we ask now that as we hear your word preached, that you would remind us of the great hope that we have in the gospel, that you would increase our faith. And we ask that you would strengthen us through the preaching of your word this morning. It's in Jesus' beautiful name we pray. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Well, good morning, church family. How are we doing today? everybody okay? We're making it. I was looking on the calendar today five weeks, five more Sundays until March. And when March arrives, spring is here, right? hoping I'm not knocking on wood here but but it is good to warm up together and just to be present. the uh, thanks for being here today and and a special thank you for uh, the opportunity to be away a week ago to the annual what I call a vision summit, but just a time to get away with the Lord for a week of solitude, prayer, study, um, and then also looking out into the next ministry season, our ministry season running 21-22, or in September 21-22, and just seeking the Lord as to what He would have for us, and and, uh, the treasure of that time is always the Lord, and just, what he is faithful to provide just what we need, just when we need it, isn't he, and more than that, and I love the, the promise, when we draw, he says, draw near to the Lord, he will draw near to you, and he does, and Wednesday of that week, I texted the family a picture, and I said, hey, this, it was blue sky, and outside, just beautiful scene, and it was, um, I have seen the future into 2020, I climbed a tree, I looked out into 2021, and it's beautiful it's blue sky beautiful and you may be thinking well that's encouraging but how can you be so sure one reason because he promises to be there in 2122 Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today and forever simple truth we know that but what a comfort as we look out and and attempt to plan in a world that we have been reminded there is a uh, <laughs> The illusion of control, um, certainty, it's, it's we don't have it, but we have the one who is unchanging, and he promises to be with us to the end of the age. And so that was encouraging, but it was encouraging to look ahead and just see sense where the Lord is leading us. And thank you for your prayer. I appreciate our elder team and other leaders inputting on on uh, direction as well as teaching diet into the future and, and just sensing where God is leading us. It feels like there's a, a bit of new frontier that we're headed into, a, a unique season for us as a church family and really the church at large. And it's a hard uh, this is a hard Sunday to give report because I can't unveil really where we're going until September, but I'll just say it's good and God is, he's, um, I think, leading us to a, a season that's going to be really neat as a church family together. So, pumped for what's coming, but uh, being away to every time that I have the chance to get away, I'm just reminded of what a gift it is to be able to serve you as we follow Christ together. and just know, Tam and I do not take this moment in time, this opportunity to be with this, you as this church family here in Danville, and this season that God's given us together, we don't take this for granted, and it's t- it's a temporary thing, it's a beautiful thing, and more and more, the older I get, the more I realize the gift is together, right, that we get to share this moment together, following our Lord and, and seeking to bring Him glory in all that we do. So, the, uh, whether you're joining us via video or, or here in our church family, um, just thank you for the part that you're playing. Today we continue this series, that I, and actually it's the last week, so we're in that finish line kick, and we're calling it Strong to Do Some Good. And really the, the big idea for this has been God has given us power to accomplish what he's called us to, but how do we access the power? And, and there's a, it's possible to live weak and just um, not empowered to do what God's called us to do. So throughout this series, we've looked at the different ways that, that he calls us, and the key text is, and I hope it's been encouraging to you. I know it's been just filling me up with um, strength, even on a daily basis. The first thought prayer that we wake up praying, hopefully this in January, as we get this new year started, has been Ephesians 6.10 to wake up in the morning to a new day full of challenges, and to hear God say, be strong in me and in my mighty power. And week one was, but armor up, put on the full armor of God. Ephesians 6, 10 to 19, key text. If you don't know that, get into that text, because that's battle gear. But then the next week, we looked at how to think like Christ, and to uh, destroy destructive mindsets, or the word we used was demolish destructive mindsets. Any thought that is not Aligning with the thoughts of God, just to uh, break that down through the Word of God, so that because when we think right, we live right. And when we live right, we feel right. And when we are living right and making right decisions, our relationships flourish. But when we think wrong, we feel wrong, we choose wrong, and relationships disintegrate, and, and it's a mess. And so that was that week. But then last week, Pastor Tyson took us into a, a powerful truth that. that One way we access, one of the primary ways we access the power of God as we seek to do good is through each other, staying connected to each other and doing life together. And so, so neat to see um, all the ways that that we're connecting and just feel like there's a renewed hunger coming through COVID of let's do this together, discipleship groups forming. And we have men's groups that are, are forming. Last night, I just found out one of our women's discipleship groups Last year, the, the goal of uh, a discipleship group is to multiply. Donna McDougall was leading a, a discipleship group this past year. This year, they are about to multiply. Three of the people in her group are going to go start a new discipleship group. And it's really just a band of brothers and sisters following Jesus together in their the everyday life. And so just so neat to see that, that happening throughout our church family. But in today's text, Paul is uh come to this it's as if okay now it's time to to go do what the good God's called us to do and it's as if he looks us in the eye and God through Paul says this to us it's time to soldier up soldier up it's time to soldier up and do the good that that I've called you to do and the the text is second Timothy chapter two verses one to four and as we come to this letter open up Second Timothy, the, the second letter there that Paul writes to to Timothy, who's like a son in the Lord to him. It's a bit like that NFL moment that happened last Sunday, when the highest paid quarterback in the NFL went down to injury, and uh, Patrick Mahomes suffered a uh, a concussion. Do we have a clip of that? The uh, big game, playoff game. Routine play, he gets that first down, I believe, but uh-oh, this guy that can put a team up on his shoulders is now sitting on this, going to have to go to the sideline, and who's up next? Or can you imagine what his backup quarterback, Chad Henney is thinking? It's fourth quarter. The Cleveland Browns have mounted, the the Chiefs are ahead right now, but the Cleveland Browns are mounting a comeback, and they're coming at the Kansas City Chiefs like a pack of hungry wolves. And I think the lead was about three at the time, and now Chad, who has been backup quarterback for his career, holding the clipboard, doing a good job at that, but uh, it's now all on him to go out and lead his team to a victory and defend this. What is going through that brother's mind? next man up right next man up I got this I'm a good quarterback but really I mean I'm not being paid a hundred million dollars to throw that I can do this yep I can do this but I'm not Patrick Mahomes I I mean he's got to be thinking this I can't help but think that's what Timothy is thinking as he opens up this letter that he receives Paul sent Tychicus to Timothy. Timothy was a pastor in Ephesus. Probably happy there. Great seemed to be a great church from what we know of it. Serving and he's like, "Hey Timothy, I want you to leave Ephesus and come here to Rome to what? Take over for me. Okay? Rome. Where is Paul writing from? Prison. So, so this is not a friendly environment, and you want me to take over for you? I, I'm sure Timothy is thinking, okay, I can preach, I can lead, I can teach, but I can throw the ball, but I ain't no Paul. <laughs> oh, baby, you talk about butterflies going through his stomach. And uh, so that's where we pick it up here as Paul is writing the first chapter of this letter is one of those I see in you conversations. An older man speaking into a younger man's life, I see in you what you don't even see in you. And you just love it as Paul speaks to his uh, his son and the Lord and just reminds him of his love. You can feel his love. He affirms his faith, says, hey, Timothy, I see your faith. But then he calls him up. He says, all right, now, be strong um, or, or fan the gift that God's given you into a flame and join me in what I'm doing. He gives him a, kind of fills him in on what's been going on in, uh, there in Rome. And then he sums it all up in this passage that we're going to look at today. It's as if he takes chapter 1 and just says, okay, here's the nutshell in verses 1 to 4. So we'll read through this and then we'll break it down. But he says this, verse 1, you then, my son, be strong in the grace That is in Christ Jesus. And the things you heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people or faithful people who will also be qualified to teach others. And join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. And so as we hear Paul say, soldier up to, to Timothy, think about a question for your own life would be, what do you do in those moments when you're feeling a lot like Timothy in the mission that God's given you, to do the good that God's given you? You may be feeling overwhelmed, maybe uh, inadequate in some ways and and uh the challenges before you how do you do this maybe that god's calling you into a to follow him in this way will be a a change for you a life change situation it may be maybe just in a grind i was thinking in our family we have um chad laura and jesse are all in that preparation season of just going to school many of you are just in that school season but grinding it out how do you just keep on with the grind and Others, I think about, look it out, see many uh, in that parenting season of life, and the high calling of parenting, and the challenges of parenting, and, and just um, what do you do in those moments when you're feeling overwhelmed, feeling like a failure, feeling a loss at what to do, and um, think about, you know, those in moving in older seasons where you, you get in those transition moments of life, and since God nudging you to go here or go there, and And then even uh, the final phase of life, Paul was at that final phase of his departure date was near. God made it clear he's about to die. And how do you finish strong in those moments? And what do you do when the good that God's calling you to do is going to be tough? It's going to be hard. And here God says through Paul, soldier up. Soldier up. Be strong. Whatever it is, soldier up say, well, what's that mean? What's that look like? Three things in this text, three moves. The first one is, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. He says, you then, my st- son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Meaning, the word translated "strong" be strong is literally be empowered or be strengthened, and it's passive. So it's interesting. This is not something that we do. It's something we allow to be done to us, meaning we rely fully on the empowering grace of God to help us do what He's called us to do. Meaning we we will likely not feel very strong in in the moment, but we are resting by faith in the strength that He promises when we step out and do what He's called us to do. Isn't that good? It's not always the most fun feeling in the world, (laughs) but when we do it, what's it do? It grows our faith. And and so we, we trust His strength Here's the truth that we need to know, and, and I would encourage you to just claim, maybe jot this down. Not only does God gift you for what he's called you to do, and last week we talked about spiritual gifting. He also gives you the power to use that gift. We're, we're to develop our gifts, fan the, the gift into a flame, practice it, use it. But our confidence is not in our ability to do that gift. Our confidence is in his empowering grace. Timothy, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. It's the grace that, that he gives us as we come to, to faith in him and, and follow him. So here's the neat picture. And I picture basketball, the, uh, you know, when, when we're coaching our teams, we're like, hey, guys, when you take the ball to the, the hole, go strong, right? Don't be going, fading away and all this stuff. When you go to the, go strong. So the calling to us is, when you go to serve God, to do the good He's called, this week, go strong. Go strong. Strong in the grace that God's given us. And and again, I just remind us, it's a faith step. Often we feel inadequate. Fear will be messing with us. But we trust, and it's by His word we live. Be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. Second move is, There in verse verse 2, Timothy, and this really boils down what we're doing in ministry, the big goal of ministry as we seek to serve and do good is is this, entrust the gospel or the good news to someone who will teach it to others. Verse 2 says, And the things you heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified or competent to teach others. So, the question becomes, what did Timothy hear Paul say in the presence of many witnesses? Like, what was it? And what's neat is Paul sum- summarizes it in verses 8 and 9. If you look down to uh, chapter 2, verse 8, it says, here's the summary. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel for which I am suffering, even, the, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But the word of God, but God's word is not chained, and so don't you love this, as Paul just reminds Timothy, all right, and trust what I've been teaching to people who will pass this on, Timothy might be like, all right, well, Paul said a lot, especially that night, Eutychus fell out of the upper room window when he was preaching all night long, <laughs> but uh, what, what, what do I say, what, what is it, and Paul's like, hey, here, here it is, just remember this, Jesus Christ raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel. Isn't that awesome? As you go out to do what God's called you to do, what's the greatest good that we can do for anyone? And it's to say, okay, Lord, help me communicate this. Help me share this message of hope, which is Jesus Christ cru- raised from the dead, meaning he died on the cross and, and died for our sin fully, fully, Uh, satisfying the sin debt that we owed God, making it possible for us to be forgiven, promising eternal life to everyone who believes. And what is the verification that this is truth, that He truly is the Son of God and that we can believe Him? This isn't some conspiracy theory. This isn't QAnon or a bunch of people getting together to do their thing. How do we know? It's because He raised from the dead eyewitness account. Our faith is anchored in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the, the testimony that we have, this is my gospel. And, and why does he add descended from David? For wonder that? He, Paul would argue this again and again. You see it all throughout Acts. He was, guys, this is the one descended from David. Why? Because God promised David, I will set someone on your throne that will be eternal. Um, a Messiah is coming. This is one we're waiting for. But I think it's a reminder to, to, uh, to Timothy there in Rome when it feels like we're not in power, that someone is in power. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, rules and reigns. And even as Paul writes from prison, has these chains, will suffer and die. And Timothy may face the same, just being reminded. Um, we serve a king who is ruling, who is on his throne, and what an encouragement to us. So, our mission, the main thing, is to deliver this message and trust this message to someone who will teach others. I love the fact that he includes that. Uh, this isn't just like we, we uh, pass the message on and then it's off our hands, but our goal is to pass this on to people who will pass it on and will be qualified to teach others and pass it on to the next generation. And... Again, we say, okay, why is this so important? And it's, the gospel is, uh, I'll go ahead and read uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 16, 17. Paul says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For for in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as, as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. And so again, the greatest good that we can do is to share this gospel. Remind us again, Paul was writing from Rome. He was suffering injustice. He was in prison because of his, his faith in Christ. And what does he tell Timothy to, to be saying, to be preaching, to be sharing? And isn't it interesting it's not a political message? Timothy, man, you got to get in here and get this government flipped. Um, it got me in chains. I got to get out of these chains. He's not worried about the government. Why? The king is on his throne. And what's the power to flip a government? The gospel of Jesus Christ. What happened to the Roman Empire? The gospel flipped it so important we don't get sidetracked and fired up about a message that is lesser than the power of the gospel to change our lives and we we need to be good citizens you know we've come through this season of craziness as a country we need to be engaged and we need to be um active but as citizens of the kingdom of heaven our primary message i hope we are as fired up about our political convictions or more fired up about sharing the gospel than we are about our political convictions. Does that make sense? Really important. Um, and here, I think we see it, that, that uh, Paul is just saying, Timothy, here's the message that we want to pass on. And one of the things that the Past Vision Summit hit me like a drumbeat was I was reading through Scripture, and I didn't expect this, but the word teach kept coming up. I'm like, whoa, teach, teach. Teach. Teach is different than preach. Preach is a bold declaration of truth. It's a monologue. Teach, didache is the word, is a, a, mono, a, a dialogue. It's a explaining. It's a coach on the basketball court showing you, getting you over here and saying, this is how you set a pick. This is, it's saying, this is how you live out the gospel. And it's everywhere, you guys. Old Testament, all the way back to the Shema and all the way through every genre of scripture in the Old Testament, teach, teach, teach. You get to the New Testament, Jesus came teaching, said the truth will set you free, and you got to live by my teaching, and build your life on my teaching. Then we get to our calling, Matthew 28, and he says, okay, go make disciples doing what? Teaching, 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 and here we see it again. He's like, okay, guys, core to this calling is teach. Where you break it down. And so God gifted teachers. And and as I came back, I thought, where is teaching happening in our church? Because if it's not happening, we're off mission. And I thought, well, number one place is home. I love our kids' ministry, equipping families to teach, teach, teach. And we're teaching, you know, all around as we do life together at home. But also we're teaching in discipleship relationships. And as we get together, as we're going, just doing life together, within the church family though we have said we're going to let our nine o'clock and 10 10 30 hour we're going to have a teaching venue for every age group in our church and right now we're off nine o'clock because we'll be back on that hopefully as due to covid but we want to be and it was so cool last week i had the opportunity to go out and just be in some of our teaching environments and all the way down to nursery and i learned this way from uh tannin's grandma tannin three or year, three years old and uh He's already memorizing scripture and and knowing the Word of God and the uh, seeing uh, Kimmy and Lindsay and their team teaching kids the the, the gospel and then w- went up to middle school and, and seeing Clayton and high school Kyle teaching the gospel and then in our uh, Rob teaching our a class of people and it's a, a class that's hopefully welcoming big uh, goal is just uh, Bring in especially people who are new to our church family, but they went through every book of the Bible, book of the New Testament this past year, verse by verse, teaching. And then Bo, in our uh, class, teaching, and, and uh, I, I peeked in on, saw on the board, just processing through, you know, how does the Old Testament fit with the New Testament? And Bo, I think it was high school, God put on your heart to start teaching. I remember the story with you and Rosalie Wilson, and just, this guy's been I mean, he's getting, he's not getting younger, but that, not getting younger is, uh, sorry, Bo. that's experience, 40, I think at least, what, 30 years, 20 years of teaching every week, and and it's right, happening right back there, and then Daryl Huff, and Andrea said I could brag on him, but, and he doesn't want me to say this, but he's teaching our knowing God, Tyson put him up there teaching knowing God, and a group was up there getting into how do you study God's word. Again, Daryl studying God's Word from the time he was young. But God has gifted Daryl with a mind that is sharp. And if any of you struggle with, like, I don't know if, how you fit God and science together, he will help you see through it. And he's, he was valedictorian of our high school here in Danville, valedictorian of Rose Holman, very pr- prestigious, valedictorian or one of the top two in his medical school, and he is teaching... One of our courses. How good is God to give us that resource? Not that smarts is everything, the Spirit of God, but it helps. And and it answers questions, but he's also given Daryl humility and just a humbleness. And he's an eye surgeon um, serving people going through uh, struggles to see, but helping people see spiritually as well as he teaches the Word of God. Isn't that awesome? And he's given that to our church that we might share this message and, and carry it on. So soldier up, teach, deliver the good news. I know when we talk about sharing our faith, we can get a little freaked out about that. And so how do we do that? And in a couple of weeks, Tyson and Chad will be leading a class end of February on how to share our faith in a four-week course on just what this looks like practically. Third move to make as we set out to do good when it's hard is there in a, the third, third verse, it's to suffer like a good soldier of Christ Jesus." And he says, "Join me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. And the idea there is not that we don't deal with go out and work a normal job or do what needs to be done, civilian affairs, but rather we, we always stay focused on the mission and what God's called us to do, which surrender to Christ. When Paul says, join with me in suffering, he's not calling Timothy into a life of asceticism or to be a stoic, to pursue suffering just for the sake of suffering. Clearly, we're, we're not called to that, and we want to avoid suffering when possible, but what he's saying is be willing to suffer if doing the will of God means that, and if following Christ and the good that he's called us to involves suffering, then soldier up and, and hit it. The picture of a soldier is interesting in that when you sign up to be a soldier, you sign up to obey your commanding officer, and you just just go. And you pretty much decide when a battle breaks out, I'm already dead. And I've died. And so I'm going to go fight, and if I live through it, good. But if I don't, I'm already dead. And I just picture what a great image of the... Christ follower Galatians 2 20 it says for I have been crucified with Christ when we come to faith in Christ we die to self and we know we're eternally alive we're immortal till God calls us home but we decide I've been crucified with Christ I no longer live but Christ lives in me and the life I live I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me and so just a good gut check right here for all of us and as Wes mentioned I was hit this week too. How, do we really suffer for Christ? How many of us? I mean, the, the biggest thing would be probably just time. and But, you know, just saying, Lord, uh, help me soldier up. Help me be willing to suffer whatever it is, whatever that looks like as I follow you. One of the questions comes to mind okay, John, why? Or maybe Timothy's asking, remind me again, why suffer for the calling of Christ? So, neat story came out of my one word. My one word this year is all and coming out of Matthew uh, or Mark twelve thirty that says love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul with all your mind with all your strength so just praying God would help me love him with all my being and I was focused on me like this is what I'm going to give God all myself and last week he flipped it and I'm reading through his word and I came to that word all except it was applying to God and it was first Peter five ten, may the God of all grace and then Romans uh, 8 31 and 32 says and he will graciously in christ graciously give us all things and god was gently reminding me hey john <laughs> your all is nothing compared to my all that i've given you and let it just be reminded you're going you could give me all but i'm gonna give you all in, in a way that's way more than that and you know what it did for me filled me with gratitude and love to continue to give him my all, (laughs) because my all will never be um, what he's given. And and isn't that a great picture? Why suffer here for a little while? Hey, um, he deserves, Jesus gave his all, and graciously gives us all things in this moment, but also in the moments to come. And so we gladly, and with hearts full of love, give him, all of us. And so the challenge for us today is soldier up, soldier up. What an encouragement to us. When life gets hard, just say, soldier up. Rely on the grace that he's given us. Be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. Continue with the mission. Entrust the gospel to those around us. Deliver the gospel. And then to uh, be willing to suffer like a good soldier. So whatever happened to Chad Henney last week in that football game? Well, it was a moment. It was third down and forever. Game on the line and uh, he starts to run. And you're like, don't run. Please don't run. But he does. And it ain't as pretty as Patrick Mahomes running, but guys, third and forever. And this old guy gets out of the pocket. And, and can we slow-mo this? We, we must, we must. It's so beautiful. This is strong. He takes off, and he doesn't slide he goes head first I'm sure his wife was like no slide (laughs) he got the first down and the Chiefs win the game well whatever happened to Timothy same he didn't slide he went head first he played his part but you know what Timothy's dead Chad Henning next game the question is you and me right We're alive. We have breath. This is our moment. The game is on. What are you going to do? Are you going to go strong? God has given us his word today to just say, hey, whatever it is, the good that he's called you to do, soldier up. Let's do it. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk and believe it would be helpful for others, please be sure to subscribe or share. To experience other messages or find helpful resources, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com.